Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Called for Freedom podcast. Now, we left off in chapter 15 where David fled Jerusalem because his son Absalom was coming and coming to take over Jerusalem. And David was walking to the top of the Mount of Olives, and they were all weeping. And that's where we left off, and we're going to continue right from there. And this chapter gets very disturbing, um, just for the retaliation against David and this, this hatred and this revenge that Absalom is after. This really turns to a dark place. So let's get into it. Second Samuel 16, verse 23. Now the advice of Ahithophel, which he gave in those days, was as if one had inquired at the oracle of God. So was all the advice of Ahithophel, both with David and with Absalom. David and Ziba. When David had passed a little beyond the summit, Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth, met him with a couple of donkeys saddled, bearing two hundred loaves of bread, a hundred bunches of raisins, a hundred of summer fruits, and a skin of wine. And the king said to Ziba, why have you brought these? Ziba answered, The donkeys are for the king's household to ride on, the bread and summer fruit for the young men to eat, and the wine for those who faint in the wilderness to drink. And the king said, And where is your master's son? Ziba said to the king, Behold, he remains in Jerusalem. For he said, Today the house of Israel will give me back the kingdom of my father. Then the king said to Ziba, Behold, all that belonged to Mephibosheth is now yours. And Ziba said, I pay homage. Let me ever find favor in your sight, my lord the king. When King David came to Bahurim, there came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shemai, the son of Gera. And as he came, he cursed continually, and he threw stones at David, and at all the servants of, the, of King David. And all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. And Shemai said he, as he cursed, Get out, get out, you man of blood, you worthless man. The Lord had, has avenged on you all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose place you have reigned. And the Lord has given the kingdom into your hand, given the kingdom into the hand of your son Absalom. 
See, your evil is on you, for you are a man of blood. Now, I want to stop there because, you know, we thought after Saul died in battle and David actually honored Saul, he, even though Saul was always after David, David honored Saul's death because he died a warrior and he died fighting for the land of Israel. But now, one of Saul's sons, or out of the house of Saul, he finds King David climbing the top of Mount, the Mount of Olives. And he's telling him, like, hey, you know, this is, this is what you deserve. You took the house, you took the, the throne that Saul was supposed to be sitting. You took the throne. You took it away from Saul. And now you're being judged by your son. Say, he was saying that the Lord has given the kingdom into the hand of your son. So David is still just suffering these, these bad consequences. Let's continue. Then Abishai, the son of Zariah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over and take off his head. But the king said, What have I to do with you, you sons of Zariah? If he is cursing because the Lord has said to him, Curse David, who then shall say, Why have you done so? So again, now David believes that this guy cursing him, the Lord sent him to curse him. This is part of God's plan. So you can see David is really starting to change his mindset. And David said to Abishai and to all his servants, Behold, my own son seeks my life. How much more now may this Benjaminite leave him alone and let him curse, for the Lord has told him to. It may be that the Lord will look on the wrong done to me, and that the Lord will repay me with good for his cursing today. So David and his men went on the road while Shammai went along the hillside opposite him and cursed as he went and threw stones at him and flung dust and the king and all the people who were with him arrived weary at the Jordan and there he refreshed himself now Absalom and all the people the men of Israel came to Jerusalem and Ahithophel with him and when Hushai the archite David's friend came to Absalom Hushai said to Absalom Long live the king, long live the king. And Absalom said to Hushai, Is this your loyalty to your friend? Why did you not go with your friend? And Hushai said to Absalom, No, for whom the Lord and his people and all the men of Israel have chosen, his I will be, and with him I will remain. And again, whom should I serve? Should it not be his son? As I have served your father, so I will serve you. Then Absalom said to Ahithophel, Give your counsel. What shall we do? Ahithophel said to Absalom, Go into your father's concubines, whom he has left, to keep the house, and all Israel will hear that you have made yourself a stench. 
to your Father, and the hands of all who are with you will be strengthened. So they pitched a tent for Absalom on the roof, and Absalom went into his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. Now in those days the counsel that Ahithophel gave was as if one consulted the word of God. So was all the counsel of Ahithophel esteemed both by David and by Absalom. Now this chapter pretty much ends really disturbing because Ahithophel's words are like, like they were from God. Everybody respected his counsel. So when he tells Absalom to basically go in and have sex with his father's concubines in front of everybody. So think about this. On the top of the king's house, he's having sex with concubines in front of everybody. How disturbing is that? But yet everybody believes that this is from the Lord. But remember that Ahithophel was most likely related to Bathsheba. And Ahithophel still holds anger towards David. So he's making his son do all these things. So we're going to read some commentary from Ed Ray. When Absalom rebelled against his father, King David, and tried to take his throne, Ahithophel, who had been one of David's trusted counselors, detected from, uh, defected from one of David's, or who uh, defected from David to Absalom. He advised Absalom to go into his father's concubines to show all Israel that he was taking the throne from his father. Ahithophel believed David would never forgive such a public insult, thus ensuring that Absalom could never regain David's favor. Ahithophel wasn't just throwing gasoline on the fire of bitterness between David and his son Absalom. He was also making sure that by helping Absalom take hold of the throne, his new king would feel indebted to him. So there's the greed aspect of it. Although there was a kind of shrewd wisdom in his actions, Ahithophel was moving without God. And in final analysis, he was being unbelievably foolish. Excuse me. By ignoring God's anointing on David as king, he was ignoring God and endangering his own life. Even though his counsel was as if he inquired at the oracle of God, it wasn't wise counsel from God. And in the end, he was exposed. How we need to guard against becoming a little too clever as we mature in our walk with God ungodly self-confidence always seems to be lurking just around the corner, waiting to grab us when we least expect it. Ahithophel had a public reputation for being a good counselor, but that was only because he had been submitted to God Almighty. After turning away from God, it didn't take long for it to be revealed that his wisdom was flawed. Lord, we do not want to act wise today. 
but instead we desire to find true wisdom from you. Amen.